day and welcome to the Fair Green. And this week's guest is a multi All Ireland winner with our beloved Cork, seven All Ireland titles, six All Stars, and there's also an All Ireland title in ladies football, and indeed recently an international county title as well in the same sport. She put over one of the most nerve wracking frees to win an All Ireland in 2018, an ambassador for Cork Camogie, taking a bit of a sabbatical at the moment. We expect to see her back sometime in the future. Our guest on the Fair Green this week is Cork Camogie star Orla Cotter. And first, Orla, welcome to the Fair Green. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me on. Orla, the pleasure is absolutely ours. Now, of course, before we start talking about Camogie or talking about your playing career in general, um, as many would have known now, you have moved, uh, with your husband Mark, have moved across to America for, what, one year at the moment, but based on everything going on, probably going into a second year as well. Uh, when this podcast goes out, Joe Biden will more than likely be the new president of the United States. But Orla, can you give us a feel what the atmosphere is like over there at the moment? Because there's been a lot going on that's been catching our attention in Ireland. Yeah, no, I suppose um, it's a, a bit of a surreal year to to move um, to America. Um, I suppose down in Washington recently, um, there was um, fairly unpleasant scenes. But um, yeah, it seems a bit a bit crazy. I mean... The past year in general has been has been all that. Um, I suppose you the the riots back in was it the middle of the summer there, and I suppose the whole coronavirus and everything. It's it's all just uh, it's been a crazy year, but I suppose it's it's as crazy at home in Ireland at the moment as it is here, really. It is an eye-opener when you go abroad. Uh, United States is a country that we always feel we know so much about over here. But of course, even uh, from some of the interviews I've read you've done over the last year or such, you just talked about the rights regards George Floyd there. We've had the pandemic, which you never would have seen coming. And even hearing stories about people out in the street celebrating when Joe Biden was elected, like I couldn't imagine him doing that for Michael Martin in Ireland. <laughs> no, I suppose, look, the Americans, uh, they know how to celebrate and they know how to throw parties. And I suppose, um, I remember we were, it was around 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning and uh, we were just, I'd say we were watching a hurling match on the TV um, back in December. And next thing we heard cheers out the window and it, Mark just checked the news and like Biden had gotten in or whatever. So yeah, it's uh, it's surreal moments. All right. Um, I suppose we'll look back in a few years time and be like, I lived in New York during those times, you know, so it'll be, uh, it'll be one for the grandkids maybe. And even there, as you mentioned that, when I was doing the notes for this interview, and I promise we'll move on from that in a, in a couple of moments, I even realised we could have done a full podcast here just talking about the experiences that you and Mark have shared over the last year as well. Because uh, as you mentioned yourself, when you went over, you're seeing how it goes, you plan to do an awful lot of travelling. Obviously, COVID-19 has cut that down. Um, just what's it like over there at the moment, Orla, in regards restrictions and um, with COVID-19? Like We hear the figures around the whole country as well but what's it like in New York in particular? Um, I suppose we're well we're just across the water from New York we're in uh, Jersey City New Jersey State so um, I feel like things are a lot better here at the moment than they are maybe in Ireland um, I mean I'd be on to my parents and family at home and like the lockdown's pretty strict at home at the moment um, I feel like we have a bit more freedom here um, in the sense that obviously social distancing and mask wearing has just become the norm and like you don't go into a shop or any public space without having your mask on um and i mean shops and local restaurants and everything are all very particular about following those rules um we still have like you can in dine indoors for, at 25 percent capacity um but like i mean there's still people that are afraid i'd say you know in terms of the numbers picking up again but I do feel that things are a little bit 
less strict here currently at the moment now I suppose look that's that could change I know over in New York they've, there's no indoor dining at the moment that's all closed in Manhattan because I do think cases have been picking up there in the last couple of weeks but um, I definitely feel like we've a bit more freedom here at the moment when I, in comparison to, to people at home in Ireland at the moment Did you get to go skiing for Christmas? So we got away for a few days. Yeah, we got up to now. Obviously, we're staying within our own state, so it's fine. Um, I mean, I suppose ignorantly when I moved over here, I didn't realize how big the state of New York was. Um, that you know, there's so much you can do within your own state. Um, so we got up to Hunter Mountain um, for a few days. So it was lovely to to get away from the city, and you know, it felt like a bit of normality. And I suppose look. With skiing, it's pretty safe in that everyone's, it's cold, so everyone's masked up and, you know, it felt like it was safe and it's a, it was a nice to be able to do it, you know. It was great to have that as well. I remember being in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick in the 2019 All-Ireland semi-final, a crack encounter between Galway and Cork. And of course, on that particular occasion, your All-Ireland three-in-a-row ambitions were ended by Galway winning by a point. Little did any of us know at the time that you were making plans for your 7 mark to go over to America. And we will talk about your Cork Camogie career in a moment. But with all the change that was going on in your life, and of course, you were only over there, I think, six weeks when the All-Stars tour um, it took play, happened to take place as well. So that was a nice way of settling in as well, that it was an opportunity for players you knew, both for Cork and for other counties, um, to mingle with after making that big move. Yeah, no, it was um, it was lovely knowing that I moved and I, I think it was the middle of October we moved over and knowing that you'd have some really good friends coming over a few weeks later was, was lovely, you know. And I suppose, like, the way the year panned out, like, there wasn't too many people that got over to visit us since, you know, with the whole coronavirus, you know, we, a lot of people were due to travel last year and family and friends come over and see us, but obviously that didn't happen. So yeah, it was definitely, um, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, you know, there was, I think seven or eight car girls came over and, you know, we, we really enjoyed it. And I suppose the experience of playing in Gaelic park as well was, um, was lovely. It was a great way to settle into a new life. Now, of course, sport will always give an outlet anyway. And uh, just talking about your most recent success, because we assumed straight away it was going to be Camogie. But a lot of our listeners don't realise you have a good ladies football pedigree, which we'll talk about in a moment. And you did manage to achieve county championship success over the last 12 months. Uh, yeah, I suppose I would have picked Camogie, but unfortunately, um, the North American Championships, which were due to be held in Boston, uh, obviously were cancelled due to the coronavirus or whatever. So there was so New York or uh, in New York, there's just the one team, Liberty Gales Camogie team. So um, they just go on and represent um, New York at the North American Championships, but that wasn't going ahead. So um, football. Ladies football was the the next best thing, I suppose, in a, in a way. So, yeah, I was absolutely delighted to be part of a team over here. You know, it was such a brilliant way to meet people. Manhattan Gales was the team I ended up playing with. And, like, we had a great year. We had great fun. Um, I think everyone was just so happy to have ladies football training on a Tuesday and a Thursday evening, you know, to have kind of something to look forward to in the evenings. Because at that stage, things were still pretty locked down. So, the numbers were high at training and like we we ended up having a, a great season. It was uh, very enjoyable and, you know, I've made loads of great friends as well out of it. So it was it was brilliant. 
And of course, it was one of those kind of random meetings you met somebody you went to school with, I think, because you would have been holding out hope that Liberty Gales would have got up and going. I know the pandemic obviously would have put a page to that, but I suppose you didn't look back and you had like Neve Long and Michelle Horrohan as well on that Manhattan Gales panel with you. Yeah, no, I suppose I was still always hopeful that there might be some camogie played, but um, it wasn't to be. Um, but I got involved coaching the junior team over here as well. So that was lovely to have some little bit of uh, camogie um, involvement this year, I suppose. But um, yeah, no, look, it was it was great. I mean, playing with Manhattan Gales over here, you're playing with girls from Sligo, from Northern Ireland, from so many different counties, so many different places. You know, it's 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 lovely to, to have. And I think that's the power of the GAA. No matter where you go, you'll always find um, you'll find friends, you'll find a community, you'll find that sense of belonging, you know. And especially in the current climate that it is. As I mentioned earlier on, we could spend the whole podcast just talking about that, but I have promised to move on because, and we'll get to the main point in a minute, but it's talking with ladies football as well. And we know you for your camogie exploits, but you have an All-Ireland Senior Club medal with Inch Rovers, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah. So when I started playing with Cork in 2006, um, Mary O'Connor was like she was like obviously a big leader in camogie and ladies football um, at the time. And um, Mary used to give me a spin up to trainings the odd time. So I remember her saying, you know, would you have any interest in coming down to Inch Rovers? Um, so I gave it a go and I'd say I played for a good few years, but sure, like I was playing with a star studded team. There was so many intercounty girls on the team, um, so many talented players, Angela Walsh, Annie Walsh, and Marie Walsh, Mary, Amy O'Shea. You know, it was uh, it was an unbelievable team, but we lost a few All Ireland semis before we finally um finally got the win. I think it was 2010. Um we met Cora Staunton's uh, Grace team and we finally got over the line that year, yeah. And of course you had some battles with them too. I know you played, would have played Carnacon on another one or two occasions as well and if, if, if I suppose the, the penny had dropped the other way there could have been more than that one All-Ireland title. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I suppose Carnacon were a formidable outfit. Um, they had so many, I suppose, Mayo inter-county players and they had won so, so much and so many. They had a lot of experience in those All-Ireland semis and finals. But we were delighted to get over the line, I suppose, in 2010. But yeah, I suppose we could have maybe the, the, look of, the look of the draw on the day and the look of the, the bounce of the ball, you know. But um, we're delighted that we actually did, did get that win that one time, though. And it was a fantastic victory as well, a great time too. And of course, the, fo- the football is continuing there as we've already discussed with Manhattan Gales. Let's go to Camogie because there's a lot to go through as well. Um, I suppose the first question I wanted to ask you, obviously, I get the feeling you were holding out hope that you could get home and maybe represent Cork this year. But when that didn't happen, you, you accepted it and got to cheer them on. The streaming service uh, for Camogie this year has been probably one... Uh, positive that has come out of everything we're going through at the moment? Yeah, no, I suppose um, as the year went on, I suppose initially when I was coming over, I thought, you know, I might get back for the summer and play a bit uh, pre-pandemic, pre-everything. I was hopeful that, you know, I might get home and play another season or whatever. And as the year unfolded, I suppose, then I was like, oh, look, sure, I'll be going home for Christmas anyway. It'll be perfect. I'll come home six or eight weeks earlier of course if party and all of them were happy for me to to join up with them you know I wouldn't just arrive on if, if, if it wasn't um 
agreed or whatever. And I'd kind of been in touch with them all along and kind of hopeful, I suppose. But look, it just wasn't meant to be, um, I suppose, the year that was in it. But definitely I was so happy to be able to to watch the games and support from afar. I suppose I was even seeing club championship games as well, you know, which which was unusual, I suppose, as well. But delighted to be able to to, to see it and support. But um, I suppose would have loved to have been there at the same time as well, you know. I've here in my notes that you're not officially retired and I'm hoping you're going to tell me that you're still not officially retired. Um, not officially, but look, who knows what this year will bring. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We won't make any big announcements or anything. Wait, well, I, I'll, I'll make a note, note of that to check, check in again sometime in the summer. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about your career. And before we get to Cork, St. Catharines was your club. Have you been playing camogie as long as you can remember? Or do you remember when you started playing camogie? I suppose I have a twin brother, Shane. So we actually started hurling. I suppose I started hurling before I started playing camogie in that, I don't know, camogie didn't start till maybe under 12 back in my day. But I suppose they're starting a lot younger nowadays. But uh, I used to go along with Shane. So like under eight and under 10 hurling training. And I suppose that's where it all started initially. And then obviously took up the camogie, but would have played along with the boys up until under 14 or under 15. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty much playing. I suppose I have an older brother, Podrick, as well. And they were, Shane and Podrick were hugely into the hurling. So should we spend our summers up in the pitch um, with all the local kids of the parish playing every game under the sun, not just hurling, but everything. And we used to be practicing all the time. When we even got to secondary school, they were mad. They were in St. Coleman's and from ice. So the Harty and the Dean Ryan was big part of their growing up and I suppose we were always just practicing out the back and they definitely um, improved my uh, striking from a young age I suppose and the striking is going to be something we're going to be talking about once or twice before we finish up in a, in a bit but as you mentioned there you're out there with the, with, with the family and you're practicing as well and developing the grow for the game um, tell us your memories of first getting a chance to represent Cork um, I suppose it would have started in secondary school under 14. You were just kind of sent along to the Cork College's trials and luckily came through the ranks there. And I suppose when I was maybe 17 or 17 or 18, I think was it, John Cronin was manager at the time. Fiona Driscoll was training and I kind of came in 2006 was my first year then with the, the senior panel. And I suppose like I was coming into a team of unbelievable players again you know, when you look back and you think of all the, the girls that passed through when you, you get to the end of your career or the last few years, you know, you don't realise how quick the time goes, you know, and how, you know, all of a sudden you're one of the older players. But um, yeah, no, look, I was so lucky for John Cronin had been my manager at under 16. He trained us to two All-Ireland. Uh, it was known as minor back then, under 16 titles. And um he or no, sorry, I, it was I. I won one under sixteen title with him, but um, he had done a double the year before with it as well. But I was delighted for the opportunity that he gave me, and I suppose I never looked back after two thousand and six. You know, as you mentioned, there minor was um, under sixteen at a time. I think it had it just gone to eighteen. Did you get to play years under eighteen as captain? Uh, yeah, so I the last year that I was under 18 was the first year of, I'm pretty sure it was the first year of the All-Ireland under 18 competition. And my club, St. Catherine's, had won the under 18 A county title. So I was nominated as captain. So yeah, I was, we lost to Galway. I'm pretty sure it was Galway in the, in the semi-final. Great year for it to start the competition, but bad year for us in that we didn't, I suppose, progress uh, further than the semi. 
But 2006, and as you mentioned, their young player, 17, going on 18 at the time, it was an exciting year because you were in a Cork senior setup, mainly a member of the B side. Uh, they get to the All-Ireland final. The A side get to the All-Ireland final. Both teams win in the All-Ireland finals. And you make history as the first ever person to play in two All-Ireland winning finals in the same day. Yeah, geez, I forgot about that. Um yeah, it was uh, it was it was a great year, I suppose. It couldn't have been a better start to, to playing senior with Cork, you know. Um I think the intermediate game wasn't until maybe October and back then I think it was only the first fifteen that were named that couldn't play in the intermediate. So I suppose I was delighted to be able to be playing, you know, be getting to play games was the most important thing. Um, I suppose I came. I think I started the semi-final in 2006, but I didn't start the final. Um, came on in the final and then um, was able to play the the intermediate final as well. I think it was in Gaelic grounds we played, but uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was a fantastic year and a, a good start to to the intercounty scene for me. And it was a great start to the intercounty scene for yourself because it was two more All Irelands picked up in 2008 and 2009. I think away was my first ever All Ireland final commentary to do. You had Mary O'Connor, who was so influential in your career, part of that team too. And of course, it was just a unit gelling together and enjoying success. Yeah, no, um, I suppose 2008 and nine yet yeah, were were fantastic years as well. Um, I'd have to ask my father now how the games went. I, I I'm very bad for a detail, but he'd remember everything. Um, but yeah, no, they were they were brilliant years. Um, I suppose we had a bit of a barren spell then, and you kind of don't realise how lucky or how fortunate you are to be winning until you're not winning or you're not in finals, you know. Um, but I think it wasn't until 2014 where we kind of came back at it again. Maybe lost to Wexford in a final, but there was a few years there where we weren't making a final. So it kind of makes you drive on that bit further the years when you're when you're not there and it kind of makes you enjoy and realize how special it is to actually be winning when you are there you know yeah because you mentioned I remember seeing you in the 2009 semi-final I think it was against Wexford and uh, that Wexford team after their 07 success hadn't seemed to have built on but then they upped it to another level the next three years and Cork were missing out on the big day. You were there in 2012 when the great games uh, ever taking place. But of course, that doesn't matter, I suppose, when you're not on the winning side as well. But even in 2012, you must have sensed that there was a new crew kind of coming in with the experienced heads that were ready to challenge again. Yeah, I suppose, I think, was it 2012 maybe? Um, Paddy Murray, I think, started that year maybe as well mm. and kind of brought a new freshness to everything and... Um, I suppose getting to the final was a big thing in the fact that we hadn't got there in so many years. Um, so it was great to be making progress in that sense. But I suppose then I think the following year, I don't think we made the final at all. So, you know, it kind of felt like maybe a step back. But I suppose we knew, though, that, you know, we had potential. I think was it 2014? I think we were down by a good bit at half time, you know, and I think that was one of the, the best finals ever where I think we may, we might have been down by seven or eight points to Kilkenny at half time And... <laughs> you know, the belief to come back, even though we hadn't lost in the semis the previous year and had lost the final the previous year, kind of stood to us hugely going forward from 2014 on, you know. And even as you mentioned, 2014, the breakthrough was there and you were ready to go again. 2015, you beat an informed Galway, coming into the final, you pretty much took control of the contest on the day. Um, how satisfying a victory was to have been Orla? Because you were player of the match in that game, but you probably went into that game as underdogs against Galway. Yeah, no, I suppose 
having won the year before, maybe people thought we were a bit lucky having come back by being down by so much, maybe. But I think any year you win, no matter if you win by a point or by 10, you're delighted to be on the winning side, you know. And I think maybe we were just justifying maybe that we were that good a team that we could do back to back all Ireland, you know, and it was definitely, um, definitely a, a great day, you know. It was, and of course, it led into the trilogy against Kilkenny in finals. Before I ask you about that, on three occasions, you've been denied a three in a row, and I think the group just before you came in were also. Was it, did it ever cross the minds of you in Cork that you just could never get managed to do the O'Duffy Cup three years in a row? Oh, it's crossed our minds many times. Um, <laughs> myself and I remember Gemma and Breed and Rena having many talks about this, you know, do you know what is it that we we can do two in a row, but we just can't seem to to get over the line? And I don't know what it is. I suppose I don't know. Is it a mental thing, or you know, it's definitely something we've talked about a lot. Like that, we know we're good enough, but something just doesn't work for us on the day that we don't turn up, or does it get inside our heads? We're not sure. And even though no matter how much talking we do about it, it's just another game, it's just another final. Something just I don't know. We were yeah, it's something I suppose that we'd be. Like, we're obviously hugely grateful for the success we've had, but I suppose disappointed that maybe we weren't able to to achieve that that three in a row, that serious dominance, you know. 2016 must have really hurt because while Kilkenny had been knocking on the door, they hadn't managed to really put one over yourselves. Uh, a bar maybe a semi-final, Galway as well would have been knocking around too. And um, you would have gone into that game, I won't say expecting to win because you knew Kilkenny were going to be very, very difficult to beat, but you would have gone in as favourites and probably was the best opportunity to get that three in a row. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was a, a huge disappointment. Um, I suppose over 2016 and years before that like we've always had huge battles with Kilkenny and my god you'd never be taking them for granted or you know that they'll be throwing everything at it I suppose yeah we were we were hugely disappointed on the day and I suppose thinking maybe we might get the three in a row but like I mean you can never you can never rest in your laurels you can never think that something's deserved to you and I suppose look on the day Kilkenny worked that bit harder and they got over the line unfortunately you know but I mean credit to to them you know you got the job done on that day but of course as you mentioned the hurt there's two ways of going you can let it get to you or you can respond and if anything you did respond and coming back in 2017 first we'll go to 18 in a moment to come back in 2017 was there a pressure leading into that final that you really didn't you couldn't let Kilkenny get too over any I don't think it was so much a pressure but we both just had such rivalry that like nobody ever wants to lose against each other you know us and Kilkenny even if it was a league game down in Kilkenny or a league game in Cork, like there'd always be huge hunger and rivalry anytime we play each other. I don't know what it is. Do we bring out the best or worse in each other? I'm not sure, but there's great rivalry there. And like, there's respect there too, you know, in the sense that they beat us the year before. Obviously, you know, you don't want to lose two, two finals in a row. And I mean, unfortunately for them, I suppose they have, and they know that hurt and that loss. But I suppose it drove us on a bit, you know, that we didn't want to be losing another year to them, you know. You got the job done, Julia White, with the point in that occasion, 2017. It brings us to 2018. I, I know asking you to compare All-Ireland titles, Orla, is a kind of a fruitless question, but for yourself personally, the 2018, obviously you got married that year and you got a break and all that, but on the field of play too, this, did everything just seem to line up for the perfect year for you? Yeah, I suppose, look, 2018 was was a, was a big year for me, really. Um, 
I remember, was it the All-Star year or All-Star tour to Madrid, the first All-Star trip? And I remember chatting to Kay Kelly over there. And I think was it the following year, maybe I was getting married or something. And she was like, you'll have a great year. She was thinking back to maybe when she got married. And she just, I just remember her saying, you'll have a great year. You know, things will you'll, you'll be such a, a buzz of a year. And like, you know, she wasn't wrong, really, I suppose. Uh, got married in May. Um missed maybe one round of the championship, went away on honeymoon for a few weeks and, you know, came back fresh and so hungry and ready, ready to play. And I suppose we just had a good run of championship. The final then, I suppose, like there was so little in it, it could have gone anyway. And I suppose, look, if you look back, at there's missed calls by the referee throughout the game. And I know people will say that it wasn't a free or there was... You know, there's a lot of controversy about the 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 final, but you know, we'll take it. Like, well, that's I mean, the breaks happen, and like you, you have situation situations like that. But at the end of the day, you have to go play the game as it is on the particular day, and there was a lot of pressure there. But before I come to that, you beat Tipperary in the semi final. Uh, you 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 were interviewed after the game, and you talked about um, the importance of practicing long range. St- Striking after the semi-final. Little did we know that a month later you're going to give the ultimate example of it to win in All-Ireland. Yeah, I don't recall that interview at all. But um, yeah, I suppose, look, we had great coaches and trainers involved with us. I think it was Kevin Murray at the time. He was our hurling coach. And like he would have had us in the pitch practicing a good bit beforehand. And like I suppose you would have went down to, I would have went up to the local pitch, Ballynoe as well, to, to practice. And I suppose... You know, there's a certain responsibility when you're a free taker. And now, like, I would be one not to be overthinking or, you know, putting too much pressure on yourself. But you just practice, I suppose, as much as possible, most eventualities. And I mean, sometimes you're hitting and hoping for the best. Other times there is a lot of practice gone into it. But there's definitely a stroke of luck there as well. I mean, that in 2018, you know, that was over near the sideline. You know, I was definitely saying a prayer as I was hitting it as well, you know. to ask you about that because I only watched back uh, the clip of the free there not long before we started recording this interview and even and I'm not a cork man but even I got the old shivers of excitement you're 55 yards out you're in front of the Hogan stand the majority of the supporters all around you it's a free to potentially win in all Ireland you know what goes through your mind by saying your prayers um yeah I don't know I suppose part of you is not thinking about it being the last puck of the game or you know not knowing how much is left but yeah I don't know you're just going through your routine and focusing on what you would have done for every other free and saying that little prayer as well to to guide it over you know when the ball went over the bar there was still a bit of time to play if I remember correctly but when the final whistle went I know it was your seventh All-Ireland title but after the year that you've had and even it's a nice story about that conversation with Kay Kelly what memories emotions come flooding to you now do you know what it was um it was fantastic I mean it kind of doesn't sink in for a little bit because it's literally, it's so nip and tuck throughout the whole game that, you know, it takes a while to realise, geez, we actually got over the line. We did it because it was such, such a close game. And like, I just remember, you know, seeing my parents and they'd be so proud. And I think my little niece as well, I met her on the field and it was like, I'd be mad about her. So it was a, a lovely picture of the two of us on the field at the final whistle. And look, it means so much to all the players and our management who put so much time and effort into the whole thing and all the players' families, you know, it, it means so much to so many, so many people that it's a super feeling. It's hard to, to kind of get a feeling from anything else. You know, it's, a, it's one of those special moments. 
that I think anyone that's winning All Ireland in Croke Park on All Ireland, All Ireland final day, it's it's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's an amazing feeling. It's one of many special moments yourself and that Cork team have given us over the last 15 years. And we could go on and talk much more about it for another 20 minutes. But I see the clock is getting against us. One quick question I want to ask you, Orla, before we go to our final segment. As we're recording this interview, it's been announced that Linda Collins has been named the Cork Senior Camogie Captain for 2021. I think Linda was making a breakthrough into the team around 2018 as well. What's your thoughts on her appointment and what she can bring to this Cork team? Uh, yeah, no, Linda is a, is a, a great girl. I, I have great time for, for Linda. Um, she trains extremely hard. Um, she's a, a super forward. And I think the last few years she's um, showing more and more. And I know that she'll definitely lead the team and um, she, she'll have great leaders around her as well. So she knows that she, she won't be all fall on her shoulders. But um, she's a great positive girl a role model so I wish her the best of luck and uh, it's fantastic news um, of course the Rovers I suppose had a, had a great uh, county final victory um, last year so um, I wish her all the best we certainly need echo that as well and who knows maybe she'll have yourself as guidance on the field to play later in the year if the world changes we'll see how that pans out Orla thanks a million for joining us I really enjoyed this conversation and as we said already we could have gone another 20 odd minutes talking about it but we'll stop it for there now we, of course we're not finished with you yet we have our final segment coming up and this is your chance Orla to make and break friendships that you've gained over the last 15 years in our segment called Fantastic Four in a moment I'm going to ask you to name the two best players you've played with now that can be with club county college any criteria you decide yourself and the two best players that you played against so Orla Cotter when you're ready can you name please the best player that you've ever played with and why I suppose this was a, a very tough uh, question I've been lucky to play on um, brilliant car teams but um, I suppose the two players that I that I picked and I could have I was picking from a long long list were Gemma O'Connor Jenny O'Leary I suppose Gemma's just the ultimate hurler. Her strength, her belief on game day is just inspirational. I suppose she's just uh, the all-round player. She's played in so many different positions. She's just a, a class act. I suppose Jenny then would have played in a, a similar position to me maybe and she was free taker and she was someone I always looked up to. Her energy on the pitch, her speeds, her hurling was just phenomenal and a class act for, uh, for a wing forward player. Great admiration for her. And the two players, like they, their reputations proceed themselves. Of course, Gemma, even though she the injury this year, got back, scored an All-Ireland semi-final goal. And of course, she has been probably the leading light in the country for the last 20 years. And Jennifer O'Leary has just given us a catalogue of memorable goals, not just for Cork, but even up in our at the moment. Yeah, no, they're, they're two special players and I'm so happy to have played uh, beside them, you know, and they're great friends of mine as well. So class acts. Class acts, I echo that completely. Gemma O'Connor and Jennifer O'Leary, the f- two first picks on Orla Connor's Fantastic Four. They're the two players you played with Orla. It's now time to name the two players that you played against. So now the first player that you played against and why? I suppose the first player, Anne Dalton from Kilkenny. I just always loved her style of play. She's kind of a wiry player. Um, she is unpredictable and score from anywhere will pop up at the most unexpected moments. So yeah, definitely Anne Dalton. And I suppose she's been a huge leader and player for Kilkenny over the last number of years. And the second player then is uh, Kate Kelly of Wexford. Again, just an outstanding forward. Similar to Anne Dalton would kind of 
pop up when you you think someone's marking her and then she's in for goal or she's just so wiry get beyond the half back line um it was a big big player for for Wexford during their dominance and had such a long career that you know you'd have great time for her as well Oh yeah, Kate Kelly is someone we've great time for as well. She was a guest on the Fair Green in 2020 and one of the modern legends of the game. Uh, just before I let you go, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, we're recording on the 13th of January, of course, with the time difference that we have. And Dalton has announced a retirement from Intercounty Camogie, only announced this morning here in Ireland. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I didn't hear that at all. Um, look, I suppose she's had a, a great career and no better time to retire than on a high of winning an All-Ireland. Great player, has given so much time and service to Kilkenny Camogie and great ambassador for Camogie itself and I wish her well in her retirement. Uh, and certainly a great ambassador as well, All-Ireland winner in 2020. Uh, Orla Connor, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you here. We're going to run through Orla's fantastic four one more time. It's Gemma O'Connor from Cork, Jennifer O'Leary from Cork, and Dalton from Kilkenny, and Kate Kelly from Wexford. This was Orla Cotter, a seven-time All-Ireland winner for Cork, our very special guest on this week's edition of The Fair Green. And with that being said, Orla, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Darren.